right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 207. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with this show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Go visit us at Twitter, at PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write us. Write the show at awesome at gmail.com or just leave comments on our YouTube videos because uh, I see those and I appreciate that. But most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments. Rate the podcast on your preferred podcasting platform wherever you get your podcast. Rate it. Give us thumbs up. Give us stars. Get us in that algorithm. As a reminder... This is a video podcast, so you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the show over there if you want to see our beautiful faces talk about video games. Um, but uh, make sure you subscribe to that channel because I am posting more stuff on there, here and there, little gameplay videos. We'll get to that in a second. But for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support our show at a $1 a month level called the one and only $1 Club. So head over to www.patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome to become a $1 patron, get your free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail, and a shout-out on the show. Jake, how are you today? I, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, I fucking woke up in the morning, and I'm alive. But what I can say, I just answering fucking... I get, I get I get work emails like all the time, even yeah. like at night, on the weekends, all kinds of shit. And so I answered a work email this morning and the guy just immediately fucking calls me. Uh, I'm like, dude, it's Saturday. Like I'll answer your email on the weekend. I don't want to take if a call, I though. see it. Yeah. Right. But I'm not gonna especially, you know, this customer, love him to death, great guy. But my conversations with him always end up lasting like fucking two hours mm. so uh so i, <laughs> and he's and a, I was he's in the a middle of the show so now he's no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm kidding he's uh he um but uh but anyway i was in the middle of something so i didn't i didn't answer the phone call yeah. but uh but uh it was just like i don't know i mean i you probably don't have to deal with this with your job maybe you do i don't know but it's it just like it throws me off because now I feel like some uh, like obligatory draw to work. Yeah, because I just got a phone call from somebody at work, about and now I'm work. thinking about that, and so uh, it sucks, man. Pretty annoying, but um, it is what it is. Like like I I was answering freaking work emails at nine o'clock at night last night. So I'm that. like, why are you guys working? Like, go home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but anyway, well, I'm sorry you have to deal with that. But I mean, ah, it's whatever. It is, it is what it is. It's a job, right? Job security. We say that in my line of business. <laughs> whenever people are just really, really overworked and just want to put their feet up for five seconds and they can't, well, job security. You got this to do, that to do, this to worry about, that to stress about. You know, they need you apparently. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, you already know my situation right now. I'm I am without sure. heat at the house. Jake tried to uh, do do a pro tutorial with me on 
It's fucking cold today too. Yeah, it's like eight degrees. Gas, um, gas furnace. Uh, we both fourteen degrees. We think that it's probably the igniter. So, anyways, uh, no heat last night. But the beauty is, is that uh, you know we are blessed enough to have a couple gas fireplaces in the house, but they do stink. You know, anytime you're burning gas. It doesn't smell great, you know. There's no ventilation for those. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, it heats the house up a little bit. So, we're not like, I don't know, we're we're not like going to be in Sino Man where we get froze, you know, and then come back three million years in the future. So, we're fine. I'm just uh, waiting for a phone call from uh, some sort of contractor or somebody that can help us out. So, we are waiting on that. But outside of that, man, I will say I've got a concert tonight. Playing a two-and-a-half-hour gig at the Venango General Store here. It's going to be a nice little time. We were in Erie last night, Erie, Pennsylvania. Ran some errands. I had Mad Max for the first time in a long time, and it wrecked my stomach. Like, we're both vegetarian, but I had, like, these veggie tacos. And then, uh, what the hell, the, the, the Picadipo, you get, like, these different, like, cheeses and, uh, you know, black beans or bean whatever, guacamole. It's fantastic. Just engulfed it. I haven't eaten out in, like two or three months so like I, we were treating ourselves and I just ate way too much my stomach just got wrecked um, we did swing by an arcade in the mall just to check it out and uh, you know it, it's so disappointing because I remember being a kid and going to the arcade and you'd see like the arcade cabinets right and it was all about just getting a high score or playing a cool game that looked awesome right but like you can't really make a game look more awesome than what you're going to get at home these days. So what they try to do is they sell you on like flashy lights. And uh, so like this arcade was like one of those win tickets, right? It's all these like gambling games that aren't gambling games, but are pawned off like video games. And then you get tickets and you go cash them in, but they have this huge upstairs. And I was just like, find me a Tekken machine. Like, I just want to see a Tekken machine. I want to see like a fighting game simulator, but they did have like house of the dead, which, again, they kind of sell you on, like, the whole cart thing with the guns. You know, you're in this thing, and it's rocking back and forth, and you're supposed to shoot and stuff. Those are kind of cool. But the true arcade cabinet is is really gone. You know, it's you don't see it anywhere anymore. And there are some vintage places, I think, that, that have, a, have accumulated arcade cabinets. And I went to a place years ago for one of my brother's 30th birthday parties, one of his friend's 30th birthday parties, and... Uh, you gave them like 10 bucks and like you get to go in. They had fucking metal slug and all these different old school machines and you could play until you left. It was like, we'll take 10 bucks and you can just have added all these old arcade machines. I did see a TMNT cabinet at this place and I don't know if it was a newer game or not. And they had this weird, like huge, huge screen Tomb Raider game that was like all using guns and shooting. And uh, what else did they have? They had a lot of pinball games. I didn't play anything because it works on this weird credit system where you have to give them cash and they give you a card that you swipe through the machines and it charges you credits for the money that you bought. The it's so fucking convoluted. <laughs> but anyways, all the staff were just hanging out doing nothing. And I was like, this would be such a cool job. It'd be so so much less stressful. Like just hang out and give kids like tickets or give them like stuffed animals. They claw machines and shit there. Anyways, needless to say... I'm waiting for the heat to kick on. Uh, waiting for something to happen here at my house. I'm cold. But I did... Let's talk about games we're playing real quick because I'm going to quit talking about myself. But I did do something that I normally don't do because on your wish list, the PlayStation Store has a wish list now. So if there are games that are on your radar that you want, put them in the wish list 
my app will tell me when a game on my wish list goes on sale, so I don't have to keep looking for it. It's really a nice feature. And it was like, there are games on your wish list that are on sale. And Death's Door was on sale for like $14. And I'm like, this game from Devolver is apparently a post supposed to be like amazing, right? Like it's got, I've seen nothing but good critiques of this game. So I picked it up and uh, I got through the first, I, I'm believing there's like four worlds in Death's Door. I got through the first, first world last night. Um, a few quick points. The game's really polished. It's pretty. The game looks nice. Uh, it's more forgiving than like it's still kind of like got that souls ish kind of feel to it, which I didn't know was part of the game mechanic. It is, but it isn't. You can only get hit four times before you die, um, and then when you die, you restart it like the most recent door that you've opened. Um, so the bosses are like some of the some of the boss fights are like just punishing, very hard. But and there's no difficulty setting, and I guess you could you could probably just keep spamming enemies and, and getting their souls, which are like gold coins and like Mario, right? Like you kill a guy and you get like a credit, and then you can go back to this hub and like level up your character if you have enough credits. But it takes like 800 at this point to level up to level two, and these enemies only give you one or two credits per kill, so. That's a lot of enemy killings, like 400 bad guys to get a level up. Unless you beat like a boss and get their big soul, which is worth like 800 credits. So the game kind of pigeonholes you into fighting bosses when you feel slightly un- under-leveled. And it makes it difficult. But the bosses are cool. The original, at least the first one so far. There's no map in the game, which I find frustrating because you got all these different doors and all these different locations you can go to. There's no map. And I'm like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? What door am I supposed to use? But again, I'm old and I'm kind of dumb when it comes to stuff like this. And I'll be the first to tell you. But I like the combat. I like the game. And uh, I moved my way through it. I, I put up a quick video of me defeating the Urn Witch, which is the first boss. And I don't know if it's going to get easier or not, but I'm enjoying it. The puzzles are really smart. They're fun. The puzzles are really fun. Jake, have you tried this game at all? Death Store? No, I uh, <clears throat> I've been interested in it. I've heard almost nothing but good things about it, but I have heard that it has, you know, souls like tendencies. Yeah, it's not um, terrible. Go ahead, yeah. Especially in the way that the boss fights are done, mm-hmm. like you're saying, you have to kind of learn their rhythms and and kind of uh, react appropriately. But. Uh, mm-hmm. I never, I never pulled the trigger on it, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was just because I, just, I haven't been in the mood to play something like that since, like, when I had COVID, I was playing like fucking Narita Boy and shit, which is very similar yeah. in the way that it plays. I mean, it's it's a two D game; it's not like a three D um, game like Death Store is, but in terms of like. <laughs> You getting to boss battles and having to like learn their moves and all that kind of shit. Narita Boy is kind of similar to that. Yeah. So after I finished that, I was like, I don't know if I want to jump right into something like Death's Door. I, I kind of need a palate cleanser. Um, so I I have not played Death's Door. I would like to play it at some point. Uh, it's probably going to be like a sale purchase for me. That's How much did you end up paying like for 14 it? 14 bucks or something. 14. That's not too bad. 
Um, it was nominated for all kinds of awards. So. Yeah, no, people really, really like it. And so that's why I want to check it out. But I do agree with you about, like, the map thing. I think it's fucking annoying when games don't have a good map. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, you know, I know we had just talked. I messaged you last night about us having to do our Mass Effect podcast. Oh, yeah, we got to do we gotta, we're gonna, For the listeners, we are going to record the Mass Effect podcast soon. So anyone who's been playing through it with us, we're going to have an episode about Mass Effect. And... Uh, I don't know Appreciate if we're going to do it as a bonus episode or if we're going to put it on Patreon as an exclusive at first. I don't think we'll do it an exclusive. I think we might just make it an extra episode, right. like a shorter extra episode where we just talk about the game. Okay. But anyway, all I was yeah, ahead, all I was trying to get at was that the, <laughs> the fucking map in Mass Effect is pretty bad, and the but I've been playing Outriders, mm. and the fucking map in Outriders might as well not even exist. Wow, it's, it's just like. You pull it up and it shows a map, like an actual map, like you would expect. But your character's location is just like, you know, maps are usually like a spider web of areas that are connected by tunnels or whatever, or or trails or whatever, roads, whatever you want to call it. Usually it's like you're in an area and then you go through this kind of winding traveling path and then you get to another area or whatever. So the Outriders maps are like that, but the indication for where your character is located is just in the middle of whatever area you're in. Like it doesn't actively move around based on where you're at. So when I go to an area that's got like four branching paths and I'm like, okay, I know when I look at the map that my objective is in the area above me, but because the game also doesn't have a compass, I'm like, okay, what above me? Mm. And because the map just, it's not like a regular map. You can just move a little bit and you'll be like, oh, on the map, my character moved up. So I know that I'm going the right direction. (laughs) Right. But your character doesn't move on the map until you get to the new area. And I could be talking out of turn here. Maybe somebody's played the game and they're like, you're doing fucking wrong, idiot. But, um, yeah, maps are one of those things that when they when they're good, nobody thinks about them. Yeah, and when they're bad, they really fucking have, they cause problems with gameplay, in my opinion. I th- but I think it's really weird that a game like Death Store doesn't have a map. Maybe it's I, relatively kind of open. Man, fuck, man. Maybe it does, but I can't find. And if you can't easily find the map, then there's a problem there. Like I've I've gone to the menu, I've looked through stuff. I don't see a map anywhere, and it's it, the game is i mean the level design is is made in such a way that like it's you don't really need a map but if if you step away and then come back and you have 17 fucking doors you can go through and there's no indication to know which one to go through then it's like where do i have to go like because it's kind of a metroidvania yeah. in a way but I don't. I don't know. But but the I guess the beauty of the level design is is I just unlocked a spell which is fire, right? So you, instead of shooting, because in the game you shoot bow and arrow, and then I unlocked this fire spell, and there are little uh, 
I don't know what the fuck you call them, like torches or like little like ground lanterns or whatever that if you shoot them with fire, sometimes a gate will go down or something. So as you're going through some of those early parts of the level, those those little ground things are there that you could shoot with fire, but I didn't even know fire existed because I didn't have it. So I didn't know what to do with them. So if I end up back in that area, I can unlock something new. So the level design's really good like that. But yeah, man, I the, my issue with not having a good map is this. And then we'll move on to the news, maybe. Or we'll talk about what you're playing. Um, is that, like, if you don't have a good map, you can spend so much time just trying to reorient yourself to your direction, to, like, your directive, your goal. And it's it have, not having a good map, it's not necessarily that it, like, makes the game harder or makes it easier. It just wastes your time. Like, I hate wandering around in a digital world not knowing where the fuck to go to do what I what I want to do like I want to progress the story but if you're not telling me where to go then I'm just like wasting my time here in your game like that's the frustrating I want goals I want very obvious little points to tell me where I need to go to do the fucking thing I'm trying to do that's all I'm asking like I you know it doesn't make the game unless I guess the game is like a maze running game where like you're not supposed to know where you're supposed (laughs) to go right but like in a game where very clearly like in Death Story you're supposed to go North, south, east, and west of the cemetery or something, right? So I should know. Okay, then I go here and I go here, that, there. But, like, because the level design is made in such a way, a Metroidvania way, that there's only one one path that'll get me there, at least give me a map with a little blip to show me where I'm trying to get to so that I can make an educated guess on what path I need to take. That's all I'm asking. Like it could still. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. I I know Metroidvania games, if that is truly what it is, can be. It can kind of diminish the challenge of the game a little bit if you tell people where to go to get the thing, to go back to get the thing. To it's 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 kind of about the exploration part of it. But I totally understand. Like that's very. It sounds very antiquated, almost like a Mario 64 or an Ocarina of Time or something like that, where it's just like, you just wander the map until you find the fucking door you need to go in. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and there's a bunch of other doors and you can go into whatever fucking one you want or whatever temple you want. Yeah. If you're an Ocarina or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, I, I went through like 15 of them. Now I found the one that I need to go through. Well, and it's like, yeah. okay, well maybe just tell me which one is important for the story. Even if I've got to maybe explore a little bit to find whatever tools I need right, or whatever right, right. that is. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the one example real quick that happened to me in this game that has me a little sour on the lack of map. I beat the Urn Witch. Now, I know there's a place called like the Cemetery or something, right? But at this point, I had gone through so many other locations and I met one one minor character that was like, okay, you, you know, I'll help you get this soul or whatever, but we got to go. There's a witch who lives here. There's a person who lives here. There's a person who lives here. There's a person. The game only allows you to go to the witch first, I'm guessing. So that's where I found myself. I beat the witch. But granted, all these sub-levels like, have doors that go back to the hub, which is not the cemetery, which is actually just like an office that your, your little reaper bird works in and uh, gets assignments. So you have all these doors that go back to the office. And then from the office, there's like a plethora of doors that you can choose. And they're all labeled when you walk up to them. It says, okay, this is this door. This is that door. This is this door. But they're like in this really weird, you've seen that, uh, that illusion, that, that famous illusion where the stairs like turn into the ceiling, like where stairs, like, you know, the one I'm talking about, 
where there's stairs that go yeah. up and stairs that go down and stairs that look sideways. It bends reality. It's kind of like Inception or something. So your little office area is like this. So there's all these different paths with stairs and stuff that lead to different doors. There should at least be a map there that tell me, okay, the door in the northwest section goes to this area. The door in the you know goes to this area. But you have to walk up to every door and read the text above the door to know where it's going to take you. And you can't possibly remember where they all go. So my problem was I couldn't find my way back to the cemetery because I couldn't figure out where this door was that I had opened. So I went back after killing the witch, back to her final spot where I defeated her. And I had to backtrack through her entire castle, all the way back out of her whole mini level, all the way back to get back to the cemetery. Because I couldn't find the way to fucking get back to the cemetery. There's the only way I could figure out how to do it. And that's where the game like lost me a little bit. I was having a blast up until the point where I got confused like how to get back to the cemetery. It should be easier than that. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm done. I'm done bitching about it. It's a good game so far. <laughs> Jake, what are you playing? Yeah, you sit out I mean, it could be that you're missing something. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm still playing Outriders. I've played it uh, a, a decent amount, I would say. It's still really fun. I still really like it. Mm. Uh, I've been trying to like progress my the way that the game works. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's been a while. Is that if anybody's played Diablo three before? There's like a, there's like a, the difficulty system, the way that it works is that there's like, there's a, you could just, when you enter the game, you just pick whatever you want the difficulty to be. And and in the game, you can change what difficulty you want. And the difficulty goes from like easy or normal or whatever the fuck it is all the way up to like torment 16 or whatever the fuck it is. Mm. And it's, so it's like, there's a, uh, there's like 20 some uh, difficulty levels, but each difficulty level if you can push it to the next level, yeah, the enemies get harder, blah, 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 blah. But you also get more gold finds. You get more rare items. You get more. It's like it's a risk reward thing. And so it's not just like making the game harder, like a hard mode on Call of Duty or something. So uh, Outriders has a similar system, but they call it world tier. So it's like you can select which world tier you want, but but what you have to do is if you want to unlock the next world tier, you have to spend time in the highest world tier that you have available to you. And it has its own little XP thing where whenever you fill that off, it's like, okay, you're good enough. You can go to the next world tier. Mm. And then when you unlock a new world tier, you get like bonuses and, and prizes and stuff. And then you can use the next world tier, which allows you to equip higher level items. It allows you to find better items, get faster XP, all that kind of stuff. The problem is, is I'm in like a loop. I'm in like a weird zone where I'm not willing to struggle with some of the boss fights in the higher world tiers because they get really hard, really fast because the bosses that you fight have the same kind of powers that you do. So you have to (laughs) kind of try to, figure out how to um, stay away from them. And, uh, but so I'm constantly bouncing back and forth between world tiers. I'm like on world tier five, which is like the expert difficulty. And I'm playing like the regular enemies and doing like the A to B stuff on that world tier. But then whenever I go to the fights that matter, which are like the boss fights, I end up always inevitably having to knock it down because I don't want to play the same fucking battle like 10 times in a row because usually it's like 
you know, I'll get like 10 minutes into a fucking battle and then I'll die and I have to start the whole thing over again. And I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when I don't have a lot of time to play, like I don't really want to deal with that. So I feel like I'm missing out on some like good loot and shit because I'm not playing at the higher tier, Mm. but at the same time, I'm making it a little bit, it's still challenging, but a little bit easier on myself to get through some of the areas. I do really like it though. There's one thing about the, there's a couple things about the, the game that like, are really bizarre to me. Like there's a, like I was mentioning before with the maps, there's like sections on the map. And then there are these trails that, that go to each one and the map just tells you which section you're in and blah, blah, blah. We usually on the trails that go between the different areas, there's usually a place where you can capture an area and these like plants a fucking flag in the ground. And there's like an ammo re uh, ammo refill chest there and everything. And from those locations, you can fast travel to any other of the places that you've unlocked or the current base that you have set up wherever you're at in the, in the story. And so, but there, there've been times when I've been playing it and like, I'll be like in the middle of a mission or something and I'll want to fast travel and like the thing will be glowing and I'll walk up to it and it just won't give me the option to fast travel. It doesn't tell me like, Hey, you can't fast travel because you're in this particular state right now, or the story is here right now or whatever. It's just like, I walk up to it. It looks exactly the same, but it doesn't let me do it. Yeah. And another thing too is like on quests, occasionally I'll get, I don't know if it's a bug or not, but like, for example, I just did a quest where I have to go, uh, I have to look at all these obelisks for whatever reason. And so you go through and you, you go to this, you, you wiggle through like this narrow space, kind of like uncharted style, like little loading area where right. you like wiggle through a, a, a skinny space. Shit. And then now you're in like the mission area and you can find the obelisk. But then I do that. And I come back out and it's like, oh, you got to find another one. So we know what the fuck's going on. I'm like, okay. But then the, the quest indicator is still telling me that I need to go back where I came from, Mm. but I can't go back through that little skinny space anymore. There's no prompt for it. Huh? So, because, because actually it wants me to go somewhere else, but the quest indicator is still telling me that I need to go through that area. So it's like, it's like it's not updating and this has happened multiple times while I'm playing oh, it. Annoying. So it's in, and inevitably it's not that difficult to figure out. Like I haven't gotten to an area where I've spent like two hours trying to figure it out and it's like game breaking, but it's like, it's like a, like a detail oriented touch there that is just not polished enough. Like it needs to, like, to me, that's one of those things. It's like, you got to fix this shit. But um, I mean, that, that's just because like, little detail or anything's kind of annoy me just generally, but, uh, yeah, but otherwise I, I still really like it. Um, the story while not the most original thing on the planet is still really cool. Like I love how brutal it is. I love how brutal everything about the world is, how everyone died. Like it's a miracle if you're a kid and you survive to adulthood because just this fucking war and just savage people and, it, it like translates to the the attacks that you use are all very like gruesome and just you know you explode enemies and fucking gore and shit like it is really 
It is a great game. I'll be honest with you. It's a great game. And I mentioned this to you. I don't remember when I did, if it was on the podcast or it was text or whatever, but if there's ever like a good sale on this game, yeah. I highly recommend that you pick it up. I- and anyone on the podcast that's listening, because it's, play it on PS5. I will say this. Play it on, we'll call it current gen, which is PS5, Xbox One, or Xbox Series S or X. Because I played it, I started it on Xbox One, which was last gen. So, like, imagine PS4 base. And it runs okay, but it's really, really kind of sluggish. It feels sluggish, and the frame rate's not really good. Yeah. And now that I'm playing it on the current gen consoles, everything runs at 60 frames, and it's much more fun to play. Everything's much snappier. Like, it, it's just, it allows you to kind of fly around and do all these uh powers and everything so yeah i i really like it and i i think i talked last week about the crafting system which is still really cool i like how that all works um but yeah outriders nice dope Hi- i probably won't talk referred. about it a whole lot what's that highly recommended by mr peters yeah. i would like to get into something else soon i mean obviously i have until what two weeks from now when yeah. horizon comes out so <clears throat> i got a I got to put the pedal to the metal if I'm going to finish it. I honestly have no idea how long the story is. I'm not going to like do every single little nook and cranny, but I would like to finish the game. Yeah. Well, I do want to say one last thing real quick um, is I, I have been posting little snippets of gameplay. If I'm, if I feel like I've done something worthy of posting, like maybe someone might want to see what I've done. So yeah. everyone knows I've been playing darkest dungeon and some of those bosses are really, really difficult. And I've been, I posted two now little boss fights that I've succeeded in. And this last one was a doozy because it was almost an entire party wipe. And you can watch me just, I mean, there's, you can't hear me or anything, but if you were in my shoes, like you'd be like, Oh fuck, it's over. And I, I had this Rocky comeback moment and beat the, uh, what was it? The, the, the 16 pounder, the brigand 16 pounder is this big cannon. And uh, the way that boss works real quick is just like it, there's four spots for the enemies, right? You have a guy up front who's got like swords. The second guy is just someone. And then like the third character is this huge cannon. And the only way that the cannon can shoot you is if the guy with the big torch that lights the cannon doesn't get killed. And every time you kill him on the cannon's turn, it'll call for more reinforcements. It'll bring another one of those fucking guys back. So you have to constantly get that guy, right? And I had a character in my lineup that had uh, acquired a disease because you get diseases and you get horrified and stuff. And his name's Dismas, and uh, he's my ranged attacker. And I was using him to kill the the guy with the torch. And I'm like halfway through this battle, clockwork. I've got a system down. I, I fell fell into the groove. Kill this guy. Attack the cannon. Mark the cannon. Attack that guy. You know. But Dismas decides in this battle that he's going to take matters into his own hands and he says something like ah what the hell and he t- and he and his turn gets used by the ai right because he starts you can control the heroes to a point but if they're infected or they or they're scared or they're like i think maybe his 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 ailment was that like he he like almost like he just didn't even care anymore about himself like he was just ready to die and he's like ah what the hell and he just takes a shot at the cannon instead of the guy that lights the cannon and he did like 12 damage which is fine but that was his turn and it was the the guy that lights the cannons move next and i had like I was like so pissed off. Like I wish I had the mic on. It's like you fucking asshole. Like I was so mad. <laughs> and then the guy lights the cannon, and the cannonball just goes, and it just wrecks my entire squad. Like 
if you deplete all of your health in Darkest Dungeon for one of your characters, they they have this thing called at ironically enough Death's Door. And your guy is just like lit up, and he's just like because like any any subsequent hit, they do kind of like a, a roll, like a dice roll, depending on your character stats, whether or not that hit sends them sends them in the in the ground or not. So they're like, and I had a healer, so luckily, surprisingly, I was able to get my healer to heal everybody and just keep keep on the task attack the cannon, attack the guy, attack the cannon, attack the guy. And then Dismas kind of fell in line and he let me use him and uh, we won. But I posted on YouTube and we had a we had somebody write in and this is what I'm talking about, Jake, about our podcast. Is like there are people who listen. I know there are. And this is a testament to that. Uh, this dude writes in. He says, hey man, I've been listening to your podcast for the past few months and now watching you play Darkest Dungeon because you talk about it so much. And then he says, uh... You've got me interested, dude. I think you need need to some comments as you play. By the way, I love your show. So thanks for writing in. Uh, the reason I don't do any kind of comment, we're kind of like, like you said, Jake, we're kind of like, I don't want to say perfectionist because the show's so far from perfect, but we try to keep quality content, right? So the audio quality sounds good and the video quality is good. So the problem is, is when I'm recording those video clips on my PlayStation. I'm just doing. I don't have a capture card or anything. I'm just using like the share play or whatever. The issue is, is that uh, I'm usually not mic'd up, and then uh, if I if it does capture my voice, it's capturing the audio through like my game controller or something, right? So the the audio is going to sound like garbage. So, and then the other thing is, I have a dog and a wife, so like they're always making noise in the background. So I just have kind of like because I've had some really good video gameplay that I didn't upload because it was capturing some weird shit like dishes clanking or stuff in the background that just kind of irritated me so I will work on trying to find a way but I never know when I'm going to beat a boss or when I'm going to do something worthy of posting so that's another reason I'm not always mic'd up when I play but I appreciate you writing in and I think you know down the road that's something that maybe I'll do but it's just I've been posting short little clips um, of different victories I've had on in games so anyways, Darkest Dungeon still working on that. Let's get to the news, Jake. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. 
Until next time, like PlayStation, Podcasting, and Patreon. P.S. This is awesome. PlayStation, big news, acquired Bungie. This is weird. Uh, obviously a defensive maneuver. Surprising. Yeah. It's about as surprise. I mean, it's not a surprise. I, mean, I, I want to say it's as surprising as the Bungie move. Or sorry, as the Activision move with Xbox, yeah. but it's less. I feel like it's less consequential. Yeah, right, 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 right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and I and I I feel like Bungie being bought by Sony makes a lot more sense than Activision being bought by Xbox. Just in terms of like, Sony and Bungie have had a relationship with Destiny going way back to like the start of the PS4, mm-hmm. and then. You know, Sony needs a shooter. They're really looking for somebody to help them with shared worlds and, uh, you know, online stuff. So it really makes a lot of sense. And what kind of surprised me the most about this deal and I was a little bit worried about was Sony came out and said, like, yo, we're just we're keeping everything multi-platform. We're not taking anything from anybody, right. which is awesome. I mean, they came like they literally they didn't fucking pull the Microsoft shit where they're just like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. Well, legacy. They're just like, legacy on other platforms. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they're, they came out and they're just like, look, Bungie shit is Destiny's 2 is on Xbox. We're not taking it off mm. the next. And, and it sounds like I don't know this for sure. But it sounds like they're even saying that, like, should they make a Destiny 3 or whatever this new game is that they're working on, it's going to be multi-plat as well. And it's just that Sony is now the the owner, right? So they can use Bungie and use their tools and their, you know, their expertise, expertise yeah. on things <laughs> like making mobile games. Not mobile games, but, like, uh, multiplayer <clears throat> games. And what I was kind of wondering about is, like, maybe they brought Bungie in so that they can more officially use them to help with, like, factions or something. Yeah, or the new Resistance. Or, or like, a new Resistance multiplayer game or whatever. But, like, I mean, factions might be too far along for for Bungie assistance. Mm. But I think there's a flip side of it where now Sony's first party and their expertise in things like action-adventure, like, amazing cinematic stories, like, narrative drama, like, all this stuff, they can show Bungie, like, hey, you want to make your story fucking hit? We'll show you how to make your story fucking hit. You show us how to do multiplayer shit, we'll show you how to do the story shit. And I'm not saying, like, Bungie's great with lore, so they've got the lore, they've got everything, but in terms of the way that they present that mm. to the player, mm-hmm. like I'm never playing a, de- a Destiny mission that's a story mission, and I'm like, oh man, the story is driving me crazy. It's like, it's like, oh, this is really fun, and I'm glad that I'm accomplishing something. Mm. You know what I mean mm-hmm. with the story or whatever. But I'm never like, holy shit, mm. the fucking Red War or whatever. I you know, so like, uh, they just did that. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that, so, man, Destiny is such a smooth game. It looks and plays so well on the PS5. Like, I, they're a great developer, and I, I think it's a good acquisition, man. I I read a news point that a lot of that acquisition, I think it was like $3 billion or something. Is that right? 3.6, I think. Yeah, so a lot of that money was actually, they announced recently some sort of PlayStation thing. They had to talk about their money or whatever, but said a lot of that money was essentially just to retain their current workforce so that nobody just panics and leaves Bungie 
because right. of this. So a lot of that money is probably incentive money set aside or raises or, you know, who knows what it is. But just to say, hey, thank you. Here's some extra money for you all to take home. Uh, let's keep this partnership going well. And it is going to be under the PlayStation Studios umbrella, which is interesting. So are they a PlayStation Studio or are they – they are, right? My understanding is that it's going to be independent. So it will be a parallel vertical to PlayStation Studios. So fucking So I, I don't think that Bungie is go- – like, like if you look at – I don't th- – here's the thing. We won't know until the next Bungie game comes out right. if it says PlayStation Studios at the beginning, but I don't think it will. Hmm. I think it'll literally – there might be like a Sony Interactive Entertainment thing because, you know, place, Sony owns them now. But I don't think it's going to say PlayStation Studios and then fucking Bungie. You know what, what if I mean? it says like Bungie's and then it's like in conjunction with PlayStation Studios, you know? It could – I mean they, they could do something like that, but they all the talk that they've been talking <laughs> – so fucking weird. Since Monday was that it's going to be an independent operation. They're going to be autonomous. They've been even Jim Ryan, even um, Pete Parsons from yeah. fucking Bungie. All they've been saying, all they've been saying is independence, independence. Yeah. You know, autonomy, autonomy. We're not taking your games. Blah 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 blah. They've been super transparent. I don't know if you saw. They even Bungie even put an FAQ on their website. That's like, what does this mean? It's like, are you going to take games from Xbox? No. Like, <laughs> are you going to report? You know, is Sony going to make you do whatever the fuck they want you to do? No. no. Like, obviously, I'm paraphrasing, right? right. But, but it's. It they they right out the say gate. That. Someone needs to be just blatantly yeah. clear with these freaking acquisitions. You know, does this mean fucking Call of Duty's coming to both or not? Question mark in the fact, and it's like yes, no, yes. Give us an answer. Yeah. Well, what's weird is yeah, and it's cool. Like I think the way that they're doing it is good, and yeah. and I. I I never really root for these kind of acquisitions. Like I think it's great when Sony picks up a studio like Housemark or something sure. like that because it makes sense. But like. This is sort of weird because, yeah, Sony's been working with Bungie for a long time, but it's not like Sony's been cultivating Bungie no. like they were Housemark. It's just that they've had a partnership. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I think that like it's like it's kind of like Microsoft with Activision. It's like okay, yeah, at least it's not going to Tencent or something sure. like that. But at the same time, it's like we're really going to have to wait and see what autonomy really means in this relationship to when, you know, the next fucking Bungie game comes out. And and I think that it's going to be okay. But I think it's like I said at the beginning, I think it's going to be less consequential than the Amazon or the Activision purchase by um Microsoft. But at the same time, it's still Consolidation and consolidation is never, in my opinion, really a great thing. Yeah, as far as and I think it, I think you can look at this as <clears throat> not necessarily what does PlayStation stand to gain, but what do they stand to no longer lose? Right? Because Microsoft could have just bought Bungie out and been like, okay, well we're fucking taking, you know, we're taking Destiny, and it's you know we're no longer going to put it on PlayStation or whatever. So now at least PlayStation has their foot in the ring and they can use this maybe for some fucking leverage when it's like oh you don't want to give us the next call of duty well keep in mind 
uh, we own Bungie, so we can kind of, even though we said we weren't gonna, you know, like, yeah. so I, I mean, it's almost like a defensive maneuver, but again, as I'm sure the listeners have heard, if you've done any kind of research on any of this stuff, these acquisitions don't happen overnight. So this must have been, they must have, Sony must have known Microsoft was going to be doing the things that they were doing. I don't think it came as a surprise to Sony. They've got people on the ground. They know. I, I don't know this for a fact. And, you know, someone can fact check me if they want. But my understanding is that this deal, the Bungie Sony deal, the talk started before Microsoft started talking to Activision. So this could have been the first so, shot. No, because so Bethesda this, would have been the first shot. Well, yeah. But I think that like Sony, because my understanding is it's been like six months mm-hmm. since Sony started talking to Bungie about doing this. Yeah. And Activision only approached Microsoft a few months ago. Okay. Like in late, like in the fall or whatever. So, mm. so I would say that, you know, that I, I think that the, it's probably more coincidence, coincidental than anything. Than any of it appears, but, right. But it could be that the announcement of the or the lead up to the announcement of the Activision purchase by Microsoft maybe made Sony kind of push to the finish line on the deal. Yeah. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, Just see it through, right? They're like, well, maybe if they were on maybe they're on uh, on the fence about it. And then this stuff kind of went through. And we're like, you know what? Let's just do it because Microsoft, who knows? Because like I said, Microsoft could have just easily turned around and bought Bungie. And then Sony would have had no stake in the game as far as Destiny goes. So at least right. now they're preserving. Like, granted, they're going to allow Bungie to do what they want to do, right? But they're keeping Microsoft from having the ability to say Destiny won't be on PlayStation moving forward. Like because now they now they're in it, so that that's a that's a smart weird play, and I don't think maybe that was the intention, but maybe that that is a very real repercussion of the deal. Now is that Microsoft is kind of fucked as far as that goes. Like they they're not going to be able to claim that. Um, if their goal isn't is is to claim more studios, like I. I had heard somewhere that they said Sony had plans on acquiring more studios. The weird thing is, is like, I get the ZeniMax Bethesda thing. Okay, that was Microsoft just, like you would say, Jake, waving their big dick around, right? That's yeah. that's what they were doing. And then the Activision thing happened because of the the shit going on with the allegations against the, the, the dude. I forget his name right now. Uh the heads off Blizzard Activision. So they, they were looking for an out, and they knew that Microsoft could give them more money than Sony, so they went to Microsoft. Sure, I get it. Microsoft's going to jump at that any second. This thing with Bungie might have been Sony's response to the Bethesda deal. So yeah. you're looking at these things, and like the news comes out, and it's not really one-to-one as far as the way that it maybe occurred behind the scenes, but... It's just interesting, but I I hope this is it. I hope this they're done doing this shit because I think I th- I mean <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was either Jim Ryan or uh, either Jim Ryan or Herman Holst said like they're not done acquiring studios. Yeah. They literally said on the record we're we're still planning on doing more, making more moves this year. Which okay, whatever. We'll see what they are when they happen. Hopefully, what does that you know mean for indie game developers, I, man. I. I I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's 
I know there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke right now, so we don't know if there's going to be fire or not. But it usually, like in terms of squashing creativity, it's entirely possible that the consolidation <laughs> of the industry fucking destroys creativity in indie games and all that kind of stuff. It's also entirely possible that all of these companies are just just panic buying assets and they don't plan on doing anything with them. They're just going to let them do whatever the fuck they want, but they just want to make sure they have them in case inflation drives through the roof. And now they need something that is valuable outside of just, you know, liquid money. And just because of the state of the economy right now, which is entirely possible. One of the things I think it's funny. That's really funny about this Bungie purchase is that Bungie was owned by Microsoft. Yeah. And then they left Microsoft (laughs) And now they're owned by Sony, which is really weird. It's like now, to be fair, when Bungie was owned by Microsoft, Microsoft had a heavy, a heavier hand in Bungie's operations, and it doesn't seem like Sony's going to be that way in terms of their operations now. But I don't know. I, it, it's it, we'll have to see. I mean, we won't know what's going to happen with this for years. Probably. The thing that concerns but, me, man, is like being a musician and seeing the way that these like these streaming services are working and how little the musicians get for, you know, the small ones, right? Like if I'm Mariah Carey or if I'm like in Boys to Men or if I'm in the Foo Fighters or whatever and my songs are getting streamed hundreds of thousand times a day, I don't have a gripe with streaming services because that's a guaranteed payout I'm getting every quarter of big money. I don't care if right. it's a fraction of a penny a stream. If I'm getting hundreds of thousands of streams a day and doing absolutely nothing, I'm not touring, I'm not – people are just listening to my shit all the time everywhere and I'm just getting paid. I don't care. Sure, do it. But when you're Fred Oakman and in order for people to hear my music because no one wants to fucking buy a CD anymore, no one wants to buy – you know, no one wants to buy a track for 99 cents or whatever anymore. I have to put my shit on streaming services and then I get a fraction of a cent for the streams and I maybe get 20 streams a month instead of people buying my shit. So what is this going to do? The exact same principle is going to happen with Games Pass and whatever the Spartacus shit is, when you're a small-time indie developer who you're making this fucking game that no one gives a fucking shit about except for maybe 25 people, how do you sell it? How do you sell it at that point when everyone can have everything for one flat fee on a streaming service? It's going to ruin indie games, this whole approach on consoles for sure. That's my prediction because I've seen it happen it's, with music. Yeah. It very well could, and that's really kind of scary but uh because one difference at least right now we'll see how it goes the the only the only way i'm able to create music at this point in my life is if i do it myself and i use my studio in my time and i don't you know i i couldn't invest to go to a recording studio and record because i'm not going to get a return on it so you have yeah. these developers. It, these are passion products, projects. These indie developers, right? You have these indie developers, passion project. They're dumping all their time, heart, and energy into this game, and uh, they're going to put it on a streaming service, and they're going to get what for it? 
Well, most of them now, the way that it works right now is that they get a chunk of money to be put onto the streaming service, kind of like Netflix works. So it's not, it's not so much like, it's less like Spotify and more like Netflix. We're like a middle stage though. We're in a transition period where that's the way it's working. But I'm telling you, eventually they're going to be able just to put their shit on Games Pass directly. You're a developer, yet you go through the, the rigmarole. Uh, some sort of distributor, and then it just throws your game on Games Pass. And then you're going to get a kick, a kickback for how many times people played your fucking game. And it's going to be fractions of a penny, probably, for startup on your yeah. game. And it's just so sad because that's that's what that's what's killing the music industry right now for like the small bands and the people who are trying to make it. Like Either you're wildly successful or you're just like counting pennies in your pocket for your music that you put in. That's just how it is. That's why you see so many bands upset about the pandemic because they make their money on touring and selling merchandise and like getting paid to play a gig. So when the pandemic shut down all these music venues, it was a big issue. That's because that music these days, like you're not making money on records unless you're selling a vinyl, you know, cause that's coming back and you can charge 20 bucks for a vinyl and people actually want it cause they can hold it. But no one wants to buy a CD right now. No one wants to buy, but it's the same thing with these video games. Like we're getting rid of the physical format. We're going digital, which does cut overhead on production and getting the, the thing out. Right. But you have to have consumers on the other end that are willing to pay for it at a reasonable price. And as soon as all these free streaming platforms are like too good to be true, no one's going to want to pay $15 for a game online. They're just not yeah. going to want to because no one wants to buy. I know this because I'm going through it on the music side of things. Like It's very frustrating. So I'm just worried about the indie developers and how the long-term ramifications of these streaming services are going to really affect the video game industry and creativity. And I, I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. But let's quit talking about it and talk about a big video game coming out March 25th. Ghostwire Tokyo. There was a 20-minute video on the PlayStation uh, channel on YouTube. kind of came out of nowhere. Um, looks less of a horror game, which I thought it was going to be, and more of kind of like a sci-fi kind of game. Looks like an action game, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this? It looks cool. I think I... Dude, after I watched the... the um, <coughs> That showcase video yeah. that Sony put out for it, it looks fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. It looks really cool. Like, yeah. I had no interest in playing this game before this morning. Mm-hmm. And, like, after I watched that video, I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks really cool. Yeah, the does. only thing that I have reservations on is <clears throat> how they're going to how they're gonna portray or how they're going to give you the feedback from the combat. So, like, the reason why shooters and guns feel so good mm. is that they use the the visuals and the sound and the rumble in the controller to give you like direct tactile feedback <laughs> for when the gun is firing and it feels awesome you feel the yeah. impact whenever you strike an enemy with melee combat and all that but when you watch this video it didn't seem like now granted i wasn't using it had didn't have very high volume or whatever mm. but because it's kind of different in the fact that it spells and stuff like I'm really curious how they're going to tie that to the controller, how they're going to do the audio, how they're going to make me feel the combat. Because nothing is more unsatisfying <laughs> than playing a game where you can't, you don't get good tactile feedback from combat. Right. Like, like whenever you play a melee game and you strike an enemy and like you get no rumble, there's no fucking, uh, you know, 
the the sound of the thunk when you hit them is like really like too low or something like that. Yeah. It just feels unsatisfying. Like for me personally, to the point where I literally don't want to play it. Yeah. Because it just doesn't feel fun to play. Right. So I'm curious how they're going to integrate that in here because the combat just visually watching the screen looks cool, but and it could be because they were talking over it and all that, but like it looks cool, but it felt thin to me, if that makes any sense. I think the So like yeah. I I want to see what it how it actually how it actually comes out. Yeah, I think the issue with melee combat in games is that depth perception is a little weird when you're swinging a club or you're throwing a fist. Um, I feel like those things work way better in VR, surprisingly. And I think that's why Saints and Sinners is going, it got, did so well as getting that sequel because they, people were like, it's actually kind of gross when you're like shoving a screwdriver in a zombie's head because it feels like you're actually doing it. But like, yeah, I, I've always had problems with melee combat in first person games. Um, I don't know. We'll see how the combat works in Ghostwire. I, I think that we're getting closer to with the feedback on the dual sense now, right? With the adaptive triggers and like with stuff and with the the haptics. I, I think that we're going to be getting even closer to a place where like melee won't be as weird and like close combat won't be as weird. Guns are easy. But I don't I mean even this, right? You know, it's not I didn't really see much melee combat other than the whole they call it like the fucking core ripping thing yeah. whatever the fuck it is yeah. where they like like grab their in like inside out or something i, I don't know what <laughs> it was doing but like <laughs> but like most of it is you know they use a bow and then they use like these like magical spell things yeah and the spells are I, what's kind of weird so i it looks good don't get me wrong it looks good I just need to. I, I want to play it to get to see what that feels like. Yeah, and I hope they. I, I know I hate this, but I kind of hope that they release like a trial, like a trial or like a beta or something like that. Because I'd love to. My guess is being that it's so close to release, which that's another surprising thing about this is that they announced that it releases on the twenty fifth of March. March, which is a month from now, a month and two weeks. Plenty of so time to six play Horizon. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I. Uh, I'm really curious about that because it's they they haven't announced a release date. We haven't heard anything about it for so long, and then all of a sudden, bam! Here's a fucking big 20 minute gameplay thing, and we talk to the director and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and also it comes out next month. Yeah. So if it's great, I think that's awesome because I love it when they just like bam release games. Yeah. But I I, I hope that it's I hope that it's really good. I have a good feeling about that one. Let's move on. Uh, Gran Turismo Seven got its state of play, and I'll tell you what, man. Every time I see anything about Gran Turismo, I'm like, this game looks awesome. But like, I know, I know it's not for me. The graphics are beautiful. The ray tracing looks amazing. The they have this photo mode they they talked about, which I thought was the coolest thing in this state of play. They said there's over like 2,500 locations or something where your car and all the decals, whatever you want to do with your car, your your garage, your cars, you get to take them to these locations and use like this photo mode, and it looks hyper realistic, like it's crazy. It just looks hmm. so awesome, and uh, I don't know, man. I I. I don't know. It seems like because I saw they're adding like a drifting mode and all this kind of stuff. So I wonder if they're opening it up a little bit 
in terms of like the gameplay, making it a little bit less restrictive, uh, and more accessible. Yeah, like you're saying. Now I don't know what that means. Like I don't want them to squash the the legacy of Gran Turismo, but if they made it just a smidgen more like a Forza Horizon, where it's more accessible to the average gamer. Mm. Even if it's just a mode in the game where it's like, oh, this is arcade mode or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Because it like, it's still looks awesome. It looks so good, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't know if uh, uh, who's the who's the longtime director Yamaguchi or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. I, I don't know if he would abide by that. So yeah, it's interesting. It's a passion project. Um, there's but for sure. I, dude, when Gran Turismo does good, PlayStation does good. So I'm. Excited for this game from a uh, from a brand perspective, from an industry perspective. It Gran Turismo has always been the gold crown of sim racers. Mm. I mean, I know Forza Forza Motorsport has been doing much better in the last so many years, but people still look at Gran Turismo as the gold standard. Yeah. So, I mean, do they make do they do these tournaments? Where like the guys that are the best at Gran Turismo, they put them in real fucking race cars and put them on a racetrack, and they're actually good. <laughs> that's that's how how good that's the simulation ridiculous. in Gran Turismo is. <laughs> is that when they put them in a real race car, they can do it. They're actually good at driving. So it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Gran Turismo is an awesome an awesome culture that like unfortunately I just am not a part of, but. I do really, really like every the time, concept dude, of it. Watching that state of play made me want to buy the game, even though every ounce of me knows that I'll buy it and play 20 minutes of it and never touch it again. It just, yeah. the way they presented this game at the state of play just made me want to buy it. Sight unseen, just like give it to me. Like it's amazing looking. Like, man, just the graphics, the quality, the number of cars, the different modes, uh, the garage, and then like, you know, even stuff as stupid as because it has no effect on the car, from what I understand, is you can go into your garage and just say, "Yeah, I want to change the oil," and it gives this little graphic, and it sounds like, and it's like oil change complete. I'm like, that's so awesome, even though it's so stupid. Like it just made me. It might make a difference. <laughs> it might like if you know. don't change the oil, maybe your engine blows up or something. That would be kind of funny. It would be funny, but yeah, shit, man. Grand Grand Turismo Seven looks rad. Uh, but I don't think it's for me. I, I would love to just have it, right? If they just gave it to me, I think I would play it. But I, I can't justify spending seventy bucks, whatever they're going to charge for it. I'm sure it's, while it's well worth it, it's just not. It's not for me. All right. right. So uh, this is probably not even worthy of putting on the show, but it's it's the latest news is that. They have announced, Rockstar's announced that they are well underway in development of the new Grand Theft Auto game. I don't think they specifically said it was Grand Theft Auto, though. Um, I think a lot of people are jumping to conclusions that it's Grand Theft Auto. It might just be like their next game is well underway or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll look up the tweet real quick because I, I saw it and uh, I was like, wow, this is... Sorry, I got my volume up because I'm expecting a call about my heater. Um, it says... Uh, um, I don't know when was this posted. One day ago, 
Oh, it it does say it does. It just says Rockstar Games tweet. Many of you have been asking about the a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. We're pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in this series is underway. So, active development is underway. That kind of means that they're just kind of getting started, I would imagine, or maybe they're just like maybe now we can say something. Um, it says, we look forward to sharing uh, more as soon as we're ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. It's going to be a while. I mean, they released – when did they release Red Dead 2? 2019, I think. So yeah. that was – I guess that was three years ago. Well, I guess two and a half years ago. Yeah. But uh, – It's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, I – I think that the Grand Theft Auto games are fun. Honestly, usually it de- usually degrades into me just like driving cars around and trying to ramp shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I do enjoy the games. And unfortunately, I had a really bad experience with GTA Five on PS3 because my my single player campaign bugged, and I literally it was couldn't a really continue good the game. campaign. Yeah, but uh, I I'm excited for the new one where it's going to take place. I know they've talked about having different cities and stuff, like not just a single city, which would be really cool. Maybe they'll have like a, you know, like expansions, which are like different cities you can go yeah. to and stuff, which would be really, they're really making- cool. I mean, maybe they're going to say, maybe they're going to do like the halo infinite route where it's like, okay, here's the game grand theft auto six, or maybe they'll just call it grand theft auto. Oh, and cool. now it's a platform. Right. And it's like, okay, it releases with Liberty city. And then it's like, okay, now a year or two years later, we're going to release a new expansion for it. And it's going to be fucking Vice City. And we're going to release a new expansion for it. And it's going to be San Andreas. And so, like, it's it could be very interesting, mm. especially if they do something like in like European, like London or, you know, yeah. I don't know, Paris or something. Which would be kind of neat, but uh, be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's exciting, mm. but I'm not really gonna. You know that news. I'm just gonna kind of absorb it, and then yeah, it's right. just gonna disappear for another few years. Whenever it, when we have real details or something, I'll be more excited. But yeah, yeah it's cool. they're making so much money on the Grand Theft Auto Online that like it's surprising that they're even making a new Grand Theft Auto. I mean, they must really be trying to do something different, like they said in the tweet. So I hope whatever they offer, it's interesting. And it's not just like, oh, our next Grand Theft Auto is completely online only. Like, I hope they go the other route and they're like, we've made the most epic single-player story because we didn't really focus on that as much with 5, so we're going to do it with 6 because 5 is still a cash cow. Let's do something different with 6. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, hey, uh, Sony now has an official PlayStation VR 2 uh, website. It's now on the Sony website. You can sign up on that specific mailing list to be notified of updates on PSVR 2 and when it is available to purchase. So they're taking web uh, signups on their email list for the PlayStation uh, VR 2, probably to gauge interest and also to try to give people a leg up on buying one when they become available, I guess. You know, I don't know. I mean, I signed up for this. Unfortunately, they make you use your PSN ID mm. to sign up for it. And the the email attached to my PSN ID, like I never checked that email. Mm. So uh, it literally is just, a, is just a fucking garbage dump for shit like, thank you for this purchase from Sony and shit like that. So like, uh, I hope that like when the email comes, if it comes, I will actually 
think to check my email for it, but I did sign up for it because I, I do. I will probably end up buying a PSVR 2, even though I've talked at nauseum on this show about how annoying I think the PSVR 1 is. I need to is. find out so, how to sign up. You just go to the bottom of the page, just sign and then it's in. like sign in, sign in, or whatever, and you sign in, and then it gives you the option to sign up. I'm doing that right now. Um, all right, let's move on to the next news point. So Infinity Ward is, uh, surprise, surprise, putting out a new Call of Duty game this year. We don't even have to talk about it. It's just they've announced it. Um, Naughty Dog is hiring for three games, apparently. They're always hiring, but they are hiring for three games right now, which is interesting. Um, Uh, So I'm guessing Factions, uh, The Last of Us remake, and... I don't know, like maybe a new game or I, I don't know. Can you remember? Are they working on the new Uncharted game or is somebody else working uh, on that? That news point came and went. I, I don't know that it's even happening at this point. So hopefully they, they're doing a new game because that would be cool if they, they're they yeah. one of the games. that. They're Although I'm not going to lie, man. If they announced a new Uncharted game, I, I'm fucking all in. Like I fucking love yeah. Uncharted. I'm all I mean, in. Like I'm ready for it. I'd be one. all about it. Um, but yeah, I'd I'm be all about you. it for sure. I'd like to see... You know, I'd like to see some them do something different, just just because I know they're capable. And they can come up with some cool stuff. Uh, there was a live action trailer for the Sifu game, S I F U. It's a new game coming out. It might actually be out as of today. Um, it's a beat 'em up game. The mechanic in this game, if you're unaware, is kind of cool. Is you uh, you fight? It's a hand to hand game. You fight, 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 and then when you die, I believe you have the option to keep your progress and come back older. Or to restart the game and maintain your your youth. Uh, re- right. So it's a neat play on that, and I think you can age. Uh, if you age too fast, you can't get to the end of the game. So right. it, it looks cool, man. I I the live action the trailer mechanic. was cool. What's that? I didn't watch. I didn't see the live action trailer, but the game looks really neat. I don't know if it's a game for me because it seems like one of those fucking loop games yeah. that I just don't know that I can do I can get onto but it looks really cool like I I'm excited for this game to come out because there are, I think there are people that are really gonna dig it but um who knows I mean maybe it'll come out and it'll go on sale one day or something and mm. I'll try it and it'll be like my favorite game of all time but uh yeah I, I do like the aging mechanic I think it's very interesting and the fact that you can get so old that you can't finish the game is fucking awesome <laughs> yeah I think so too uh, I can just see all the all the videos on YouTube popping up of like grandpa like trying to fight the last guy, and then, you know just be like oh shit you know he's my guy's too slow I can't get away. Like, <laughs> it's so good, yeah. But you know, in a lot of uh, traditional martial arts, uh, like through media and historically, like it seems like the the older you are, the more badass you actually are at the at the fighting. So. Um, you're no longer a young grasshopper. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I bet you that aging gives you some kind of like power perk too, you know? Um, yeah. But anyways, we don't know. Uh, you can now, I, I don't, I do have a discord, but I don't really use it. And I did set one up for the podcast, but I have no idea how to do it. And we don't have enough listeners to even justify a discord. But while I was in there making an account, I figured out how to do it. But anyways, uh, you can link your PlayStation discord accounts now. So I heard it's a complete shit show. I don't use discord, but I heard that it is. So anyways, if you have a discord and, uh, and PlayStation, I do have a discord. I don't know how to fucking log into it, but I do have a discord account. It's invite um, only. So you can only get into, uh, 
the channel if you're invited. You got to get an invite link from Sony. No, from you. Like, like, okay, like you create a Discord account, right? You have a username now, but like for you to be a part of any other Discord, you can't just find oh. it and add it. Like, you have to have an invite link. Yeah, so there are like the, I think that's one of the things about Discord is that all of the channels are private. Everything like you private. you have to you have to be a member of a community to be a part of that community. Mm-hmm. And so I, that sounds sounded really weird to say that, but like it's like for podcasts that have Patreons and they're like, okay, we're gonna have a community that where everyone can talk and share and do mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and make channels and or make uh you know different it's kind of like reddit but like if reddit was closed and you know but you, and you could still like post whatever you want on yeah. there and it's it's cool um <clears throat> this must be part of the sony you know i think sony invested a little bit in discord not that long ago like a year ago or something like that yeah so maybe this is part of it uh, where you can link your accounts now. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I mean, I don't know what you, you would cool. use it for. I mean, maybe there's going to be, maybe there's Discord uh, servers for different games and stuff like that you could be a part of. That might be yeah. true, but this is interesting. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to take a part one of. of, these days, part of. One of these days, Jake, we're going to hit like 25 patrons. And then maybe if we do that, we'll get a Discord. We'll, we'll start using it. We have it. Might as well just be a fucking group text at that point. Yeah, but still, that's something. <laughs> it's something. Yeah, 25 uh, is my goal right now for the Patreon. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> seems so low, but I know we have a lot of listeners, but, you know, it's hard. Like I said earlier, it's hard to get anybody to pay for anything these days, but we're, we appreciate I'll tell you what. Let's, let's, let's put this out there. Mm. Is there anything that the listeners that are not patrons, what could we is there offer? Anything that you would, that you would like to see from us? They would make the one dollar worth it. One dollar a month for the listeners they, of the show. Now, now I will, I will. Cav- this is there's this is a pretty heavy caveat. It has to be reasonable. Don't be like, oh, we want fucking five shows a month or something like that, or like you know five shows a week or some shit like or that. A bonus show every week. Yeah, it's like, I mean, okay, I don't have lot. time. I don't have time for that. I still have a full time job and all this stuff. Yeah. And so like. You know, if you want, you know, if you want something special or you want us to maybe make some extra posts on YouTube or whatever, like throw some ideas our way. Like we're totally open to it. We, Jake and I kind of like the idea of just saying, hey, if you want to, uh, you know, subscribe to our Patreon just to help us out, to encourage us to keep, keep on our steady, steady schedule, which we've been doing a really good job of, you know, throw a buck our way a month. And, uh, you know, that's, it might, might sound like I was just threatening there, but no, we're going to keep doing the show regardless if you pay us a buck, but, uh, it's your way of saying thank you. And, uh, for those who are patrons, we do appreciate you, obviously. And uh, I don't know if you listen to our shows ever, Jake. Sometimes I like to listen to them to critique how we're doing, but I, I have been putting our little Patreon commercial in the middle of the episodes just, just to try to drive the point home. But, um, yeah. yeah, I hope it doesn't get annoying to the to the listeners who are patrons. Uh, you guys understand our, our attempt. But uh, we just really want to build the community. So I do like the idea of having more interaction. I get so stoked when I see messages like that one on YouTube. I was like, wow, got a listener. Someone's paying attention to what the fuck we're doing because sometimes it sounds like we're just yelling into the void. It just seems like we're just talking t- out and doing all this work because it is a lot of work, but I'm not complaining about it. It just takes some time. And, uh, you know, we do appreciate hearing from you all. So don't be a stranger. By all means, write us. Write us, please. Um, but anyways, let's move forward. You, uh, Skybound Comics, also Robert Kirkman owned. You guys know that The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners got an update, or they, they announced they're doing a part two. 
Uh, also owned by Robert Kirkman. This is something that I think is interesting because it could mean something awesome for the G.I. Joe franchise. Skybound Comics is acquiring the license for G.I. Joe and Transformers, which was previously held for comic books by IDW Publishing since the mid-2000s. The new comics probably aren't going to hit shelves until like 2023 under the new publisher of Skybound. But with them coming over to Robert Kirkman, I don't think he's going to be writing any of these. And I hope that he continues to have Larry Hama write G.I. Joe comics. But because Skybound has a video game branch that apparently is okay, does this mean something? I know we get the Wizards of the Coast G.I. Joe game they're talking about, but man, I... I don't Do know. Do you want a fucking like Telltale style? I would take like GI Joe game. Dude, I would take. Well, Saints and Sinners is a VR game that that's not like that. It's apparently really good, and it's Skybound Entertainment. So Skybound. Maybe games. you can get it. Maybe you can get. Maybe you can get something out of this then. Although I don't know. Like they might just have purchased the comic rights. That's my concern. I don't know for, for certain. It. Right? It's not... It might not be the rights to everything. No, like, They Hasbro might not have the rights that. to do... you Because know, it's like it's like Spider-Man. Mm. Right? Sony owns the movie rights for Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but they can't make Spider-Man comics. <laughs> right, right. You know, Skybound's Disney not owns making this, figures that, for G.I. So, yeah. Right. Hasbro owns it, owns everything about it, but maybe they don't own the right to put out comic books now. But, um, man, I... Uh, uh, anyways, I thought I'd throw that out there because that was exciting. Um, and I found out a bit about this because I went to Books Galore, the comic book shop in Erie, and I, I got my, my pickup yesterday. And uh, I was like, do you have any comic books for me? He's like, oh, it's starting to get a little thin here. You know, G.I. Joe, the franchise, you know, it looks like uh, uh, the license is getting purchased by Skybound. I said, Robert Kirkman? Like that whole thing? Like, yeah, yeah, it's happening. I looked it up online, Transformers and G.I. Joe, Kirkman and Skybound have acquired the licenses. So, um, Interesting. So, Art, the, Jake, why don't you talk about these last two? Because I didn't put these news points okay. on there. Yeah, so uh, so there was a news point that apparently there's going to be an art book for Hogwarts Legacy released this fall. And it's being released on September 6th. And there's some speculation that they're going to try and get the game out around the same time. Oh. Because apparently I don't – I'm not like a, a, a – ho- uh, uh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter connoisseur, but apparently like September first or something is like the date that all of the kids go back to fucking Hogwarts or whatever every year. So um, that's kind of cool. Th- there's some there's some like indication here that maybe like they're going to release the game and an art book and everything like the first week in September because that's like when the kids go back to school because the whole idea behind Hogwarts Legacy is that you're a a student going to the school <laughs> to like become a fucking wizard or whatever the hell you do. And uh I think this game I hope it's good because I think it looks really cool. It does, it looks and fantastic. I'm not like the biggest Harry Potter fan, but I think that this looks really interesting and I'd like to live in this world a little bit. So if that's true, I know this is this is quite a bit of speculation and rumor, so don't you know take it with a pretty huge pinch of salt. Um and yeah. don't, you know, but if it does happen, that's cool because I know that, you know, there were some rumors that the game was going to get pushed out of 2022, but I know that, uh, I don't know if it was Avalanche or whoever came out and said like, no, we're planning on releasing it this year. Don't listen to the rumors, yada, yada. Um, so that's that. The last news point that I have on here, and then we, we've been recording for a while, so we'll get, we'll get out of here. But, uh, the, um, 
apparently like a lot of the Ubisoft developers, we talked a while back about Ubisoft releasing their courts program, which is like them putting NFTs in all their games and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently like a bunch of the developers <laughs> within Ubisoft are not super thrilled about it. Mm. Like they, they're like, why the fuck are we doing this? And, uh, um, like I was reading on video games Chronicle, which is, which is another good website outside of push square, which we always talk about, but, uh, but like, there's a couple of reported quotes from developers within Ubisoft that I find interesting. Like one is a developer reportedly wrote, I still don't really understand the problem being solved here. Is it really worth the extremely negative publicity with this will cause? <clears throat> and then like another, uh, another person was like, how can you look at private property, speculation, artificial scarcity and egotism and say, yes, this is good. I want that. Let's put it in art. It's like, Dude, if even the fucking people in Ubisoft are like, Against I don't it. fucking want this. Yeah. Like, why are they putting it in there? And then at the same time, so, so like the other side of it is that Ubisoft is reportedly handing out NFTs to their employees now to try to calm concerns about NFTs being in games. It's like, okay. So now you own a piece of the scam. I don't fucking understand it. It's like, okay, well now these developers, it's like, Oh, well, let me tell you how scamming people is, is good. I'm going to tell you how scamming people is good by giving you the ability to scam people yourselves. Here's an NFT, sell it to some fucking punk head for, you know, way more money than it's worth, which is $0. And then now you'll have money and you'll see like, Oh, the NFTs are great because you scammed somebody. Right. Now I'll get on board with us scamming people. It's like, okay, well I know I'm being really yeah. fucking annoying about that. But like at the same time, it's like, okay, just don't do it. I mean, just don't do it. Well, just, it's just not even, yeah. It. And it's not even that it is a scam that bothers people completely it's that it's like really environmentally like not cool like the amount of resources it takes to make these nfts and to like you know i, I yeah. guess like it has I, I don't know enough about it to speak on it but i know it's a bad thing because i think and and granted i guess that's kind of a stupid thing to say is i don't know anything about it but i do know it's a bad thing that's, that's just me kind of like the hive mindset but i mean it doesn't take a genius to take a step back and see the amount of people who are against NFTs versus the people who are for them. And like, it's think, so lopsided it's, that like, yeah. it, there's gotta be something wrong about this. Right. Well, well, it is environmentally bad because they have to have these huge server farms to like navigate the blockchain to do all yeah. this shit. And it just uses tons of electricity Energy and, 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 and it's just waste. bad. And <laughs> the funny the funny thing is, is that like the guys, the, the higher ups from Ubisoft are just like, uh, they're just like, oh, you just don't understand it. And it's like, okay, well, it'd be like, it might be true. Yeah. I would say that probably 99% of people that are reading this don't understand exactly what is happening when you purchase an NFT and what that means. Yeah. But at the same time there's like enough information out there about it that it's like 
even if we're completely wrong, let me just say this. Even if we're completely wrong and none of the negative shit about NFTs is true, Mm -hmm. the fact that everybody fucking hates the idea should be enough. Why are you trying to to do it? Yeah. It's like people don't want this. Yeah. Even if it's like, it's going to be one of those things where at the very least, what it's going to be is another way for Ubisoft to nickel and dime you at the very least, even though it may not be bad for the environment, it may not be a scam. It may not be this. It may not be that. We think all of that probably is the case, but if if we're wrong on that, if if we're wrong on all that, at the very least, this is going to be a way for Ubisoft to be able to take nickels and dimes out of your pocket. Every single time one of these transactions happens, right? It's fucking microtransactions all over again. The optics are terrible. The optics are terrible on this right now. So it just seems like it's not, you know, and maybe down the road it it will make sense. But right now, apparently, it it doesn't make the most sense. So weird, man. That's all I got to say. By the way, uh, PS is Awesome will have NFTs for sale starting. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I wonder how to I'm going to I'm going to research how to make an NFT. I'm going to make an NFT and I'm just going to I'm just going to own it. I'm going to own it myself. I'm going to be like, this NFT is worth $10,000. So if you want oh my, my NFT, and it's just it's just going to be a picture of me. Well, you know, I, I cut my toenails the other day, and there's a one-of-a-kind toenail sitting in the trash can if you want it. But, I mean, you'll find it nowhere else. You know, yeah. it's worth like $5,000, actually. Sure. And I And you'll actually get it in the mail. Like, I'll send it to you if you want it. And you'll, ha- you'll, you'll actually, actually have, have You could display have it something. in your house. Like, Unlike an <laughs> NFT where you actually have nothing. So fucking nasty. So there's that. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Let's talk about the new games. Yeah. New games. February 8th. Ali Ali World. Successor to Ali Ali is out. And I guess it's getting really good reviews. Uh, PS5, PS4. Sifu. February 8th. So I guess it's not out yet, but it will be out. PS5, PS4. February 10th. Edge of Eternity. PS5, PS4. And I believe that's it, man, for the games coming out. Uh, Jake, this is uh, we've we've treated the listeners to a long podcast today. I think we had a lot to say, a lot to say about sure. the Bungie acquisition, uh, the impact that these uh, acquisitions may have on the small time developers, GTA Six, Gran Turismo, Ghostwire, all that stuff. Talked about a lot of cool stuff on the podcast. What we're playing. Talked about Death Door, Outriders. If you uh, listeners want to tune in next time, we'll be here. Again, weekly podcast. This has been PlayStation. Uh, this has not been PlayStation. This has been PS. This is awesome. Episode 207. And uh, we're happy to be here talking games with you all. So make sure to check out everything we talked about before. Don't forget to write our freaking show because it, it gives us uh, a little bit of an ego boost. Ah, people are listening to us. We matter. PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. Hopefully next time my heat's fixed. And hopefully next time Jake is not working on the weekend so like quantic dream collection quake remastered and quantum replica p.s p.s this is this awesome awesome